In the heart of the state of the art, at the dawn of the next stage in entertainment, you found no proscenium. Indeed, found no proscenium, the voice of everything immersive. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, and welcome to episode 419 of our ongoing exploration of the immersive cosmos. This week on the show, we're joined by co founder and senior creative director of Meow Wolf, Katie Kennedy, senior art director of Mighty Coconut, Don Carson, and returning guest, Lucas Martell, founder of Mighty Coconut and creator of Walkabout Mini Golf, aka NoPro's favorite social VR game. Why? Because of the recently released Walkabout Meow Wolf expansion, silly! It's the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups of VR experiences that takes two great things, Walkabout Mini Golf and Meow Wolf's Numinous Space from their Denver exhibition, and turns it into something wholly unique, which brings out the best in both teams' work. Or if you're allergic to peanut butter, it's those graham crackers they give to you on Southwest Airlines during the morning flights. Man, those are delicious. Why can't we get them the rest of the time? I don't want generic snack mix. Southwest, bring on the grams. Uh, this one is a fun one. But before we get into that, a little business. As of today, the only way to become a new subscriber to the NoPro newsletter is to become a Patreon backer. We flipped the switch on the MailChimp to off yesterday and turned it on for our new publishing platform, Ghost, where we will be moving the whole of the website in 2024. A lot of work on that. I might even ask people for help. What? <laughs> uh, more on all that in the back matter. But if you are a subscriber to the newsletter or a Patreon backer, you should have received a welcome note in your email on Thursday at around 11 a.m. West Coast time, 10.58 a.m. to be exact. If you haven't, check your promotions tab and your spam folder to see if it went there instead. Uh, one of you did write me uh, saying you hadn't gotten it yet, and, uh, and, it, and it definitely went out. It's probably sitting in your spam. Uh, I know a good chunk of subscribers did open actually about on par with our usual open rate, which is quite good. Uh, but there are plenty who didn't. So please check that email. Oh, we, you know, we want to know you're getting it or you want to know that you're still signed up, right? Uh, if you're listening to the show for the first time or the first time in a while, none of that made sense to you. But, but if you're thinking, oh, hey, there's a, there's a newsletter and oh, what's this? There, there's a discord. Well, the way to get into those going forward is to go to patreon.com slash no and become a paid member, AKA a backer over there. And right now we could really use the help because thanks to the layoffs in the tech se sector, we lost one of our sustaining backers, um, a dear friend. And I was like, please, please pull, pull the plug. I, I, I can't let you do this while you're, while you're, uh, you lost your job. Quit giving me money. Uh, just like, no, you're not going to lose your place because, uh, yeah, no. So uh, we need 10 $5 a month backers to make up for that loss, right? This is, this is sort of how it works with the sustaining backers. So we need more people to come in at a smaller rate to kind of get the net going. Um, you, you can tell just from the sound of my voice and how like I've fallen off script that like I, I don't love this part. But this is the way I survive. And honestly, if everyone who regularly opened the newsletter joined to the $5 level, oh my goodness, I could just shut up about this on the podcast for ages, if not forever. With that, let's take a moment to celebrate our latest backers, two folks who are getting us closer to that day, to that glorious day when I no longer talk about this. And those are Joseph Robinson and Vincent Lynn. Thank you both. Uh, you're keeping us going. We are edging closer to the 450 backer milestone. We want to hit before the end of the year. If we can do a push to get those $5 backers, maybe we will hit that milestone. Everything will be hunky-dory, at, at least in this vertical. As always, big thanks to those sustaining backers uh, who are able to stick around. Samuel Mystery, Chris Woolman, Samantha Davison, Eric Shamlin, Elaine, 
Daryl, John Boulette, Cameo Wood, Jay Bushman, Jerome Joseph Gentis, Kurt Collins, Ryan, David Bassick, Richard Ayers, Lonnie Hanson, Lecker Lacool, The Ministry of Peculiarities, and Jan Budman. And hey, thanks to Catherine Yu for raising her pledge uh, a, a, a bit to help offset some of it as well. I want to acknowledge that. Catherine like threw on like an extra 10 bucks a month. Catherine, as you know, former executive editor of of no pro current uh, VR developer, still a, a member of the house team uh, over on the Institute when we're doing our events and our other programming. Uh, the person who I bounce so many ideas off of and who bounces ideas off of me and uh, who honestly, no pro would not be no pro without Catherine. And, and she also throws money at it. So, you know, amazing. Thank you. Uh, and if, if maybe money isn't a thing you can't throw, but you're like, hey, there's this really dedicated community and I'm doing a thing and uh, why, do, why do we make a deal? We're always on the lookout for community partners who are up for working out special deals for our backers. Uh, whatever you might have, beta testing, uh, you know, preview nights, discounts off tickets, uh, you know, discounts off, you know, escape rooms in a box. There's all sorts of things. Uh, hit me up at noah at nopersinium.com and uh, we'll hash it out. We'll get something going on. There we go. All right. With that, let's get into this week's interview, which is just a lot of fun and lovely. And if you haven't already uh, and you have a headset, go pick up Walkabout Mini Golf and pick up the Meow Wolf expansion. It's, it's on every kind of headset. So if you got one, go for it. And then let us know because uh, come January, we're going to do a tourney. That's right. We're going to do a tourney in Meow Wolf. More on that on the backside. I'm literally just deciding this. Hopefully, just let's go. If you've been around NoPro for a while, you know we are big, big fans of Walkabout Mini Golf. Why, in more than one universe, we've said it's pretty much the best thing you can play if you own a Quest device. This month, Walkabout gets quantumly entangled with another NoPro favorite, Meow Wolf, the Santa Fe, New Mexico-based immersive arts experience company that has been growing its legendarium since 2008 and now has outposts in Las Vegas, Denver, and outside Dallas, Texas, along with its original Santa Fe location. Joining us now in the virtual studio is Katie Kennedy, co-founder and senior creative director of Meow Wolf, Mighty Coconuts senior art director Don Carson, and returning to the show, Lucas Martell, creator of Walkabout Mini Golf and founder of Mighty Coconut. First off, hello, Lucas. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. Don, good to have you on the show. I know. Good to be here. And Katie, very, very happy to get to have you on the show. Happy to be here. Nice to see you. Yeah, I think there was there was at one point a plan. Um, there was a scheme, I think, we were, we were hoping we couldn't pull it together, but to like get y'all out for when we did the next stage and like do a version of this in purpose, person like long, long ago. It became a different session, um, but um, I am now very excited, particularly because I just got to play it last night uh, and did 18 holes and oh boy, I have questions. Um with Katie and Don on the show, I think we're going to get into a lot about how the art style of Meow Wolf and the style of Walkabout are in conversation here. Got a lot of questions about that. But before we do that, Lucas, could you give us the lowdown on what this latest course expansion is? Yeah, so this latest course, uh, Meow Wolf, it's, uh, it's essentially we have taken one of the real life uh, Meow Wolf locations and reimagined it. It's not a one-to-one -one copy. We've gotten to do a lot of things that couldn't be done in the real Meow Wolf, but it's also because it follows <laughs> yeah. our art style uh, for technical reasons. Um, and it also, it has mini golf. So there's a lot of things where we've kind of taken Meow Wolf and injected some some of the gameplay things that we need, uh, yeah, into, into the Walkabout universe. So yeah, it's a really, really interesting mashup and it's been fantastic to uh, collaborate with everyone at Meow Wolf, but especially Katie, because Katie was right alongside right alongside us, pretty much um, modeling, working, you know, in VR alongside us and helping kind of craft the level. So it's uh, the first time that we've ever done that with sort of an outside collaborator. And it was, it was a blast to work on. 
Oh wow! I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a lot of questions about about that process, particularly because, uh, as folks know, Meow Wolf, you know, collaboration is a, a key component of of your ethos and what you do. I was I was just at LDI in Vegas, and there was a session about artist collaborations and how those work. That was that was what some of the folks were talking about. Um, so, Katie, um, I'm going to start with you here. Uh, Meow Wolf is no stranger to embracing tech. Uh, that's 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 known to everyone who's been to a meow wolf, but if I'm reading the tea leaves here, this is either the first time or at least the largest scale in terms of distribution that y'all have brought one of your existing spaces into an existing virtual framework. Is that is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So so why when when the possibility of doing a uh, walkabout came up when, when that was burbled up and maybe we'll get into how the hell that happened in the first place. Um, but why did you wind up choosing Numina? Why adaptation? Why not do something original? Why, why this challenge of, Hey, we've got this space. Like we want to bring this one to life. We want to, we want to adapt this. Well, one of the main reasons <laughs> there are many, but one of the main reasons is that, I was going to work on it and not really many anybody else from Meow Wolf was going to be available to work on it. So essentially we got to build off of the like thousands of hours of collaboration that Meow Wolf artists already got to do together and bring in new collaborators into that existing collaboration to expand it into virtual reality. So like, even though I'm a co-founder, um, I am one of so many voices at Meow Wolf that I wouldn't have been super comfortable calling it Meow Wolf with only one of me Mm. involved, you know, but having all of these voices, um, hundreds of voices involved in the source material that we were then able to like take and make into um, Newman and Mini Golf um, meant that really we got to be in collaboration with them as well. So, oh, go ahead. What are you? Um, well, and then I was a creative director of Numina, so I know it intimately, and um, a good deal of it came from my uh, impulses to draw green wiggly lines. Um, <laughs> so it also wasn't just a a meow wolf thing that I could lead, but it was a meow wolf thing that I've already led. Um, and know very, very intimately, um, know who made what and who to ask about, you know, if your creature was in VR, like, how would you like it portrayed? Or like, how do you like this portrayal, (laughs) Um, for example? Uh, But also, Numina is a character unto itself. It's not just a world to try and recreate. So, you know, as artists, making things multiple times is really common. It's a really beautiful way to keep exploring an idea. But as storytellers, expanding Numina into a digital space made perfect sense because Numina is only really here because it's interested in learning. And it's in Denver because it's interested in learning about us. So why wouldn't it also expand into this handy medium through us to play games with us? That's, that's really, that's really fun. And I've got, I've got questions about like some of the, the creatures and, and bringing actually uh, coming around to that, Don, I want to, I want to loop you in here because Numina is probably not even probably Numina is definitely my favorite space in Convergence Station other than the, the room that has like all the musical instruments that are, that are going off and just getting to sit in there and, and go to loop on that. Like the, those are my jams, but like I could, I feel like I could spend far more time than I already have just like kind of wandering around Numina and, and finding nooks and crannies. But the, the space is, you know, it's, it's big installation art pieces. It is objects. It is statuary of characters and a, a walkabout course is a pulsing, living, breathing, lots of characters. I, I feel like this one feels like it has even like more characters doing 
things than I've seen in, in a walkabout before. And I'm going to cop to the fact that I haven't been on every course, but that's probably mostly because I'm playing Labyrinth every time I go in <laughs> or was playing Labyrinth every time I go in until now. Now I've got too many options. Um, what what was the challenge here? What was your approach uh, of trying to bring to, to animation uh, these these this the space that is visually dynamic in, in a really intense way, but isn't moving? How how to how to it's this is a giant ass question. Like how balancing that animating the characters. Just go off, King. Uh. <laughs> well, I can talk a little bit about our our process, um, unlike our other IP relationships or partnerships where we were doing our very best to represent, you know, the, the IP, we were looking to Meow Wolf as a, a collaboration partner, we artists talking to artists. And uh, we had talked about doing Numina. And when Lucas and I last uh, a year ago, August, went to Denver to meet with Katie in the space, uh, it had been referred to as a swamp. In, in light conversation and as soon as we walked in katie said by the way numina is a six-dimensional living creature that is communicating us through the environment our response was like there's a whole lot to learn about this space <laughs> um and so we kind of approached it or i did it at the very least like a like a biologist sketch artist oh. and, and i just sort of like okay I'm on another planet and I need to understand what grows here, what the life is like, how the, it all works. So my initial sketches were all just trying to, to, to have fodder that I could show Katie and go, oh, is this what we're doing? Is this how we're working? Um, and then a lot of it too was just to be an available student to make sure that we represented it you know, the way that it was meant to be represented. The one other facet was when we first met Katie in Denver, we said, let's, let's ask the question, what can we do that we can't do in the physical world? Having come from the theme park world, I could see, you know, OSHA <laughs> and <laughs> determines that handrails and things have to happen that, that and exit signs, all things that we as humans have been able to sort of edit out when we go, but yeah. in the digital realm, we can do anything. And the, the one thing for me that was like the, the tipping point was that Katie pointed out that the floor in the Denver exhibit space has an incredibly beautiful um, sort of magical water surface on the concrete walkway. And she said, this represents that, that Numina continues under the water. And mm -hmm. I said, well, let's do that. <laughs> let's, let's in this virtual space, let's go underwater. And so if you can think of the, the Denver space as a dome, space it, roughly conceptually uh the walkabout space is the other half of the sphere so mm. that you're exploring not only above the water but below the water and that was where we started and so and we evolved from that point uh, I, I love that you brought that up because and and there is those theme park elements of you know as you're progressing through the first couple of holes, you you notice that there's there's a hole under the water, and it's like, are are we? Is this a reflection, or are we going to go there? And there's, I I feel like with this one, there's just more rules of reality and physics are being broken uh, on the regular in this one than than any of the other ones I've played so far. I know like Upside Downtown, uh, which is another uh, course, like plays around with, with some of those dynamics but there there are things that happen in this that i i remember i think some of my exclamations were like all ha what oh my god uh and then lots of giggling uh a fair amount of giggling th through so so for those who haven't played we're probably gonna spoil a few things um, so I recommend right now, like take your cans off, go play 18 and then come back. Um, cause I, I do want to ask about, you know, th this idea of, of trying to get to the heart of like Meow Wolf's multiversal, uh, you know, narrative conceit. And you don't just lightly touch on that. It feels like you just plunge your hands right in, um, 
between between Don and Katie, I wonder if you could talk a little about, about making those choices, even at times to like break the set on Numina and push us out of Numina for a minute to go to a different part of the multiverse before snapping us back in. Katie, go for it. So there's some there were so many questions in that question. It's kind of hard. I know it's sorry it's just it's One early the, morning. <laughs> I know it's, no it's yeah. rich it's great. Um, yeah. The first thing I want to say was that it was a like absolute joy both in a kind of like uh, mischievous way and in a just genuine excitement for what we were going to do to um, be met with so much enthusiasm and flexibility with like all of the ideas that I brought that I had no idea what was feasible in virtual reality and everything that um, the walkabout team brought to the table in terms of ideas or in terms of like bouncing the things back and forth and making them even crazier. Um, the walkabout team was so perfectly happy to break all their own rules because this seemed like the situation to do so. <laughs> um, and it was really fun to play with that piece of, um, of the tools, the, the tool of, rule breaking as an experiential tool, especially for people who are familiar with walkabout of yeah. like, you have expectations that you're going to be in a whole nother world. It's going to be like, what are you going to learn this time? And then you get used to it and then you get deeper into the puzzles. But this time it's like, nope, we're just going to throw random puzzles at you. We're just going to like, actually, this one's not a puzzle. It's just kind of luck. Like just <laughs> really yeah. messing with the medium just enough to yeah make you make the player be like what is happening <laughs> but be giggling while it's happening um like that was so such a wonderful uh foundation to work on um that it it made for a lot of really a, re a lot of really fun ideas uh came it, out of that it feels like in, and maybe this is because like it was the end of a long, difficult day and I had I had already been like overloaded by being in Las Vegas and going behind the scenes at the Las Vegas sphere and seeing the most complicated building I've ever seen in my life and all these things. But like I, I came out of the 18 thinking that this was kind of like almost like the the, the 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 distillation of both the spirit of Meow Wolf and the spirit of Walkabout. Like like this this is like kind of both of you at your most you in terms of playing with reality and messing with people that also still like but you see look what mini golf could be if we just didn't have these pesky physics to keep us down. Uh and so it, it, I didn't necessarily expect for it to be so much both of you so loudly in, in a good way <laughs> yeah well i could i mean i would also say that uh i remember right after we uh left um numina with katie we actually had another meeting where we just went and talked about some of the gameplay mechanics that we wanted to play with and what happens with this and i think we settled on that like from the very beginning of the idea that we needed the gameplay to also be unexpected and give people that realm of like, oh, I feel like I'm getting a handle on what's happening here. And as soon as you give people one or two holes where it feels like they're getting their footing, you got to do something that really yanks the rug out from under them. Because this is definitely a course, unlike most others, where that first playthrough, it's more of an experience than it is going for pure skill. I will say, though, that, Katie, you mentioned that, yeah, we broke a lot of our own rules. We definitely did a couple. We broke a, a lot of rules that we had. However, a couple of things that we held on to was that it's still a linear path through, which having literally just been at House of Eternal Return yesterday is something very different than Meow Wolf. Like all of the things connect and you can find multiple paths through. But because of the nature of mini golf, we needed to kind of craft this linear path that took you along a very specific, I hesitate to say the word narrative, but that's something that's that we kind of felt that we really needed to hold on to. The other aspect of it is that once you've done your first playthrough, we, we've been focusing even more, uh, even more recently, like really leading up to the release of this course on making sure that 
the folks who are really into the mini golf aspect, that there is still a skill factor. And a lot of the mechanics are done in a way that it's not purely random or there's an there's some elements that you could use to your advantage so that it is still something that people who are a bit more hardcore on the or more competitive can still go back and they can still perfect their scores. But I would also say for people playing it the very first time, that's not what your first playthrough is going to be about. <laughs> it's going to be about figuring out what's going on. And then if you want to go back and really sort of like hone in your skill shots, there's the opportunity to do that. But those were a couple of elements that we still hung on to that we felt were really important. But pretty much most of the other rules, yeah, we broke all of those. Don. Back to the what you were saying uh, about the collaboration, uh, we would have more than we would have been more than happy if if Katie had said this is the lore and these are the characters and these are the rules. But she continuously reminded us that we were part of those thousand people, and that that she was just as willing to let us imprint our own identity as Walkabout and the artists that make up Walkabout. Um, as an example, early on during our sort of throwing stuff against the wall and seeing what came, comes about. I did a sketch of a two-headed worm creature. Just, you know, like that might be weird and fun. Um, and then we, we said, what if you put it into its mouth? And then we asked, that'd be really great. And you came out the other end. But what if in its stomach, there were these creatures that you startled and were all playing a game of cards? And that kind of set the tone for every choice we made after that. It was like, if you can play through a giant two-headed worm and find creatures playing cards in its stomach, then we, we really could literally do anything we wanted to do. And so that set the stage. That moment is so spectacular. Um, and and if, if memory serves, that's also the first time we portal uh, in in the course. And, and portals are such an important part of like the, the Meow Wolf mythology. So Katie, Katie. Meow Wolf learned really, really early that one of the best structures we could use is to like take an exhibit and break into a bunch of little parts where there are collaborative things and there are not so collaborative things. Um, it works better for like the creative energy for people to have a little bit more freedom in one place and a little bit more um, like it makes it easier to engage in the trials of collaboration um, where you need to, if you have a place where that's a little bit more your own. Um, and you get a larger audience when you have a, a group show, essentially. If you have a group show with 100 artists, you automatically have a crowd of 100 people at your opening. And if they bring anybody, then you've got this like wildly successful show. Um, <laughs> that was kind of our, our like party ethos early on was like, you know, if we all make stuff and we all want, we all like go to the party and we all bring a couple friends, then we have like an amazing party. So when you have hundreds of people involved, even if it's just for yourselves, it's this like wonderful collective experience even to view it because you get to see everything everybody else made too. Um, so we internally use the word flex rooms. Um, mm. It doesn't have a lot of meaning <laughs> to, to the world. It's just our term for it. Um, but so there are those three portals, which, by the way, are far more of a portal than in a physical Meow Wolf where you go through a door, um, that transport you to a flex space, a space that was um, to varying degrees uh, a collaboration between really the walkabout folks or emergent of, of an idea one of the walkabout folks had. Because it, we like to work with, it's important that we work with local artists as Meow Wolf, and the local artists in this case were the walkabout artists. So giving them space to kind of do whatever they want, especially I was pushing for like, do something that you know you would never build an entire course around, mm. but get to do something you would otherwise not get to do. Because very often in the real world, artists don't get to do immersive permanent artwork so it's an opportunity unlike you would get to do in the rest of your life like what are you going to do with that it, it, that reminds me a little bit of of the talk that i saw some of your folks at l and, and sadly 
it's not in my brain who it was, but I know one was like a, a, a lead video person uh, when it comes to uh, collaborating with, with local artists, this idea that sometimes, you know, they, they haven't done immersive before they haven't done something interactive. They're not, they're not used to working this form and like, you know, how much Meow Wolf comes in to like support that and maybe assigning other technicians or artists or creative technicians to like help them think about, well, what does this space sound like? Because they might be a visual artist and they haven't done that before a little bit on that note uh i'm, I'm hoping that katie and don and, and and lucas too like talk about you know katie you you picked up the the vr tools to to be sketching in here and 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 working hand in hand alongside the the walkabout team how did that part of the collaboration work well first of all a beautiful uh, I don't know if it's a coincidence or just like, I don't know what other tools are out there. Um, I worked in Gravity Sketch to design what, yeah, we were calling the swamp at that time. Mm. Um, in the very early days of designing Numina, um, trying to draw it on paper was ridiculous, especially not trying to just like draw something that we already had in our minds, but like trying to figure out space in an extremely three-dimensional way um, did not work on paper. I tried a bunch of times. Um, so importing a very simple um, white box model into Gravity Sketch and being able to just use blobby tools to um, create mass all over the space um, was a truly essential piece of of designing the composition of Numina and then refining it in gravity sketch, even like getting the, the, the twisting textures, um, a concept of them, not, not the like finished plan for what shapes, what exact wrinkles go where or anything, but really getting a concept level model, um, was only possible in gravity sketch for me. Cause I'm also, I'm not a 3D modeler, so I was able to go in and with something akin to a uh, spray foam can and a spoon, but <laughs> in virtual reality, just sketch this thing out. So um, it was really organic for me to be able to go in and um, talk to them, talk to Mighty Coconut in the language that they use although I am nowhere near the skill in any of these programs as um, the Mighty Coconut folks are, we were able to pass things back and forth and be like, like this, like this, like this, like this. And like super fun was going in and um, having what we called gardening sessions where we took all the beautiful plants that um, the artists made and just started planting them. <laughs> being like could we have this one in a different color <laughs> like it was that was really really fun um and and uh earlier than that sorry being able to go in and i like sculpted a big swath of the wall of the like twisting uh what what we call cat skin because when i was looking for reference imagery for the walls in physical numina some of the best reference images were of chubby sphinx cats. Uh, <laughs> um, so the it was really a natural process to explain the geometry of the cat skin by going in and making a swath of it and then having um, Emma, one of their artists, build from there and she just got it all effortlessly. I like practically didn't have to explain anything, um, especially because I didn't have to explain much of anything verbally. I could just be like, look, shapes. Mm. And that, that makes a lot of sense. Like it's so retains the Meow Wolf maximalism. It so retains that, that sense of when you're inside the space, your eye doesn't necessarily know where to go. But then if you let yourself kind of, 
adjust your focus just a little bit, loosen up a little bit, you're able to see the flow of the space. You're able to see where the, the, the textures, the background, and this is, this is the, you know, the river slash tongue of the creature as you're flowing through and like watching where the light is going. Um, Don, I wonder, you know, you mentioned the two headed worm creature. Um, what's a, what's another bit that you feel like, you know, you were really able to kind of like stretch out, uh, and, 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 and get to play with in this particular space? Well, um, I think, uh, Katie described it as Numina is attempting to speak to us very much like we would speak to a cat. And it doesn't know our language, so it's decided that the language it's going to speak to us in is miniature golf, but it doesn't actually know what miniature golf is, so it just starts throwing things at us. So there's flags everywhere that are clustered like bouquets, and those big arrow things just sort of are stuck in the ground, and those those pulsating rings that determine where your ball is located, those are everywhere, along with the sort of iconic um, Numina uh, that sort of pantheon of, of, of plants and, and uh, creatures. Uh, so that was something we really wanted to get across, um, even down to the, the fact that when you are standing in the traditional Welcome Island shack, when you fade to black and then appear in Numina, Numina is de- desperately attempting to just talk to you in the language it thinks you're familiar with by creating its own sort of floral version of the shack. Uh, <laughs> that you actually have to turn around to start playing um, because, okay, here, hi, I'm talking to you now in something I think you understand. And then from that point on, all bets are off, um, including the scale of the ball, the, that Indiana Jones <laughs> boulder moment. That moment. <laughs> is, is, and it was one of those like, hey, we could do this. We must do this. <laughs> um, I was, I was so... It, it, it wasn't even like when it was huge and, and rolling down Indiana Jones style. It was then when it popped out and it was, it was like now playable in a different form. I was like, I was just like, you lunatics, you did it. Right. You know, like it, it, it was, it was so, I'm going to have so much fun watching my friends go through. Like, this is going to be such a blast. Like to the point where like someone I know is like, just got a quest three. Uh, and is like a big loves Meow Wolf, knows it is like excited to play Meow Wolf, and I'm going to tell him, look, I need you to go in and play a couple of normal courses, and and even like say, I need you to go play windmills, like I need you to go play windmills in particular. Uh, you need to go play some some regular walkabout courses, uh, and 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 maybe pick up Labyrinth as well because it's good and like get it get a sort of sense. But before you do this. Like you won't even know how wild this is until you you see what what happens on the huge. Um, for for Don, for you and and for Lucas, so much of what you've been doing, uh, you know, and Lucas, we talked a lot about this when we when we talked labyrinth, uh, has been, you know, these sort of playable themed spaces. A lot of lessons learned from from themed entertainment. Here's and from theme parks uh here's you know meow wolf which is sort of like you know the 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 wacky children of 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 the folks who like grew up you know with theme parks it's like it's the the next next generation um how do you feel like walkabout itself is is evolving um you know as part of this is is, I, i could imagine that from this point there's there's some more vistas that have opened up uh, and, and, and new ways of thinking about this space that you have that you're there. You're always iterating on and always, always trying new things in. Yeah. I mean, I think that definitely Meow Wolf and, and this was one of the things that excited us the most was that we knew that, that Meow Wolf in this course was going to push us in ways that we hadn't been before. And so it definitely was a huge growth for the team. I mean, this definitely in terms of just like challenge of building, this was three X, four X, even five X, what a normal course would be just because there were so many new mechanics. Um, you mentioned earlier, the, the kind of that meow wolf maximalist, um, which isn't always, but it is, it's in a lot of the spaces within meow wolf. 
this is probably one of the physically smallest courses that we have done, but it's also one of the most complex just because of the sheer density and the fact that you can see so much of the level at any given time, but it changes dramatically depending on where you're at and looking at stuff. So yeah, all of that, that was- that a... the most sense of space in, right? Mm-hmm. Even though it's all yeah. twisted and turned and like I didn't quite know and like I'm, I'm going to- I mean, I mean, in, in the labyrinth, labyrinth, like a, a high degree of space, but that's like, you know, the, my memory of the movie kind of coming together. But here, here it, it felt, I felt surrounded in a, in a yeah. way that I haven't really before and was embraced by this thing. Yeah. And that was something that we, I mean, I think that also, Katie, you mentioned having built this, the, the actual physical Numina in Gravity Sketch. That was something that I think came right over in that sense that it's this very three-dimensional, very intersecting, you want it to there were, there's only one or two spots where we kind of intentionally allowed to have a feeling like you're in a wider or a bigger space. A lot of the rest of it is like, you actually want to sort of like break up the sight lines. You don't want to feel like this is a big empty cavern or something. You really want to sort of have things that block off your view. So even though you're in this same sort of, you know, the, the shape of it is roughly a sphere, but within that, you kind of create spaces within that. So Kate, I think you wanted to add something to that. Yeah, it's just, it's something that we learned on accident really early is that you can make a small space seem practically undiscoverably infinite mm. by making it labyrinthine. That, which it's ironic that you say labyrinth has a large sense of space because like it's the ultimate labyrinthine thing, an actual labyrinth. Um, but we we started, you know, with, with only a 2,000 square foot, well, it was our second building, but... Our first one was only a couple of months and we got kicked out um, because they didn't know what we were going to be doing to their space. But um, our, our first space that we had for a while was a 2,000 square foot warehouse and we couldn't use the entire thing for shows. So shows were like 1,200 square feet and there were these like massive, lot of people, a lot of different little rooms shows and we would build all these little rooms and people would like go see them and we'd take the space down and they'd see the space and they'd be like, What? Like, where's, is there another building that I went into? Like, just, it's, it's such a fabulous psychological trick to break the space up in such a way that you can't quite keep track of everywhere that you've been to make it seem enormous and also really encourage just like ongoing exploration. Yeah. There's something, there's something about going into one of those labyrinthine, like kind of, you know, almost tesseract twisted spaces and kind of going in again and again and again until you get the the innate sense of the topography like the innate sense of like this is how this space works i know how to move through it like that in itself at least for me is is a pleasurable experience of like i have this mapped as if you could walk through a dreamscape over and over until you knew it like the back of your hand uh you just know where the things are to reach out and and the inkling of that here is is already starting to happen to me, right? Like there's there's some spaces where I deliberately are like, I don't know where I am in relation to everything else and like, or like I don't know how to traverse in there. But that, if anything, is only going to make me go back. Like there was like once or twice I had to pull the trigger to like, I don't know where to find the the, the tee off spot. So I'm just going to, I'm going to cheat, <laughs> cheat and just like stab myself to the tee off spot. I'll figure out later, mostly because I had to get through last night. Uh, but instantly knowing like, okay, I'm going to figure out the connective tissue here. Um, and there, and, and there are moments where, uh, in what you've done, where the connective tissue like breaks, breaks set and breaks rules, like, like so aggressively at the beginning, uh, just like, oh yeah, you thought, you thought that was that, <laughs> no, you know, like, and I'm, I'm going to save, uh, I'll, 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 when we're off, I'll, I'll say exactly what I want to save some spoilers for people who, who haven't. Uh, played through yet who just like oh i don't need to worry about that they've already lost the two-headed worm uh which is is a spectacular reveal so uh, i'll save something else for them um that just that led me to the end of a rope uh don i i i want to ask you about the 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 walkabout side of merging the aesthetics because walkabout has like a, a really really clear aesthetic and um I think one of the things that was delightful about Labyrinth was watching like this kind of like sharp angled intersection of, of those two, because like, you know, those fully realized puppets in the walkabout polygonal aesthetic, 
this uses that aesthetic in a different way. Like there's, there's some, I don't want to say evolution, but like this, this is, this feels a lot more like the two styles talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, definitely our aesthetic is, is dictated to us by the, the limitations of the yeah. technology. Um, when you were talking about the, the unveiling and the, the progression of moving through the space, um, I think it's because Mighty Coconut comes from a filmmaking um, world first, as opposed to a game exclusively game or theme park design world. And so even Labyrinth, although it seems like it's spread out, each of those environments unveils or reveals itself as you move through the Labyrinth. And we tried to do the same thing with, uh, with Meow Wolf so that we really leverage the, the character, the loved characters you want to see now animating so that, oh, there's something I want to go to and interact with. Oh, that also happens to be where the next hole is. And so even though it does sometimes, we get lost in it, um, <laughs> that uh, it feels like it's just unfathomable. Um, we have made design choices that make you want to go meet this next creature or turn that next corner, uh, whether or not it's visually or your ball just went there. So I'm following my ball to that location. Um, aesthetically, we, we have a, a ceiling of how many polys we can use. And we were internally really worried <laughs> about the amount of plants that we were going to be um, including. And uh, Katie brought up Emma, and we can't bring her up enough. She lived inside that space in Gravity Sketch for months and uh, lovingly created those plants so that we could get as much in there as possible. And mm-hmm. even then, when we handed it to our tech tr- crew, it was like, here make this run on everything. Um, <laughs> it was, it was a lot of sleepless nights as we, we were dedicated to delivering upon the feel you have when you go into the physical space, but within the very, very strict limitations of what we can and cannot do. Um, and we do have lots of tricks that we use where we hide things the, we turn things off that you can't see right. and Numina, you can kind of see everything all the time. So there was a lot of tricks that had to happen with that space that allowed you to, to constantly feel like you were in that rich, colorful jungle. Um, and um, yeah. yeah. So I, I want to add one thing to that too, because I know that uh, Katie, I've heard you talk a bit about how, that polygonal style almost comes across as like impressionism a little bit. It's almost sort of like 3D pointillism a little bit. And I think that in this particular case, because especially the look of the cat skin itself is so unique and such a, just a, it's something that you have not seen in the real world at all. I feel like there was some specificity in that that is probably what you're picking up, uh, Noah, with that art style feeling like it's a bit more of a, yeah, of kind of the hybrid offspring a little bit, just because there, we were trying to copy more stylistic things that they were doing less. And there's very, very little architecture in this course, unlike some of our other courses. So I think that was that was probably a big aspect of that as well. My last question here, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss to Katie um, because we've we've talked a bit about what sort of the 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 rules breaking that that has happened by bringing Meow Wolf into walkabout Katie are, are there things from this experience that you're now as you're thinking about Meow Wolf's you know, future physical pro- projects that that they're starting to sort of seep into how you're looking at 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 what Meow Wolf does uh, you know in, in in the in the real world with physical bits there are two main things that this experiences um, that I'm hoping to take forward from this um, into exhibits. One is, and kind of already knew this, but this is just a lovely prove out of finding the right partners to work with. It means everything. Um, It's one thing to be like trying to support lots and lots of artists and trying to do a lot for a lot of people but when you're trying to work with another company and another team Mm -hmm. um you know like it was just so essential that we had you know decently matching sense of humor or it's like there's so many ways that um working with 
walkabout worked really well, not just because of the idea, the two ideas working well together, but because the teams worked really well together. Like working with the walkabout team was so organic and so nice. Um, so I intend to try and articulate why it was nice. <laughs> and um, I'm sure y'all would love to hear about that too. But like internally, it'd be like, hey, this is the sort of stuff that we need to look for. Like what are some ways that we can um, try and identify some of these, like look for these good qualities earlier or look for like figure out how they might be missing early in, in identifying partners. Because we have to work with a lot of different companies and vendors and, um, you know, it. I can't overstate the importance of starting on the same, in the same book so you can even find the same page, you know? Um, so that's a little bit of an abstracted answer, but um, the a kind of opposite category of answer that um, – maybe a little bit more, a little bit less niche, <laughs> is um, I've been, even as someone who doesn't work a lot digitally, I've been dreaming for a really long time, as I know a lot of our, our people here have, about being able to include more mediums in our exhibits. And as someone who used to be... Um, you know, in the middle of a really wild open door art collective, um, I miss parts, not all parts, but a lot of parts of that open door. Um, and I've dreamed for a while, and right now this is still just a dream, but I think that this reinforces the, the possible um, beautiful outcomes that we could find with this dream of like finding ways to let people kind of build Meowth exhibits together virtually where mm -hmm. anybody could build a room and you go through a portal and you're in somebody else's room. And um, I don't know. I see a lot of potential for threading together physical and virtual exhibits in a way that um, amplifies both, that makes it so that people around the world can make things, people around the world can visit things, Obviously, there's kind of no substitute for visiting a physical exhibit physically, but if you can't go at all, going virtually is is a hundred times better than photographs. Um, so yeah, I this this I feel like is a really wonderful um, stake in the ground forward on that dream or pr of proving out the how how beautiful and successful that that type of expression could be. Um, and I know there are a lot of people that would love to make virtual exhibits and um, that the technology available is always improving. So I dream that we will be able to use this as a first step in um, expanding Meow Wolf exhibits beyond the walls into all the, all the mediums. I, I want to, Dom's got a tag, but I want to also point out that that first part of your answer, I don't think that was niche at all. I think a lot of people in creative, particularly in folks that are becoming companies, absolutely need to hear that. And that, that line you have about being, making sure you're in the same book for starters, let alone like the same page, just that you're starting off there so you can find the page. That's a, that's a, that's a great line. So you, because you said it way better than I just tried to recreate it. Like it was really, really solid and and something that I want to kind of race and take to my students. So uh, not niche at all, Katie. Don. It's just so important. Sorry. Yeah. It's just so important that you're not fighting your collaborators. Yeah. You know, you've got to be at least looking in the same direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like I could talk about that, that piece of this forever. So... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> let's set up a time to do that. I'm not even joking. Uh, Don. Uh, as, a, as, a, as an art director at Mighty Coconut, um, we are a miniature golf game, but I think we're also a Trojan horse. And I, th I think on a, on a certain level, we're trying with each of our new courses to give permission to, uh, to other VR games, certainly, uh, mm. and other creatives, and even to Meow Wolf to say, even within the strict limitations of this medium, 
you can transport people to other places very effectively. And I think the fact that it's a multiplayer experience that you can actually uh, affect the lives of individuals by where what the context is of that human interaction. Um, I hope that I think that that our collaboration with Meow Wolf hopefully is giving uh, a really good solid foot into the virtual world for Meow Wolf to dream about how else it's going to affect people and bring people into their exhibits through VR and AR and other mediums. But we're continuing with every course and way into 2024 and 25, uh, working really, really hard to not only give you a wonderful miniature golf experience, but, but take you places you never thought you could go and share that experience with other people while you're there. Fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to taking people through uh, Walkabout's Meow Wolf course uh, as much as I look forward to like when I get to take people through a Meow Wolf itself. And I'm definitely looking forward to whatever y'all have cooking up next uh, from uh, the mini golf factory in the virtual cloud space. So um, not like the cloud architect, you know what I'm trying to say. Anyway, the coffee is the coffee is no longer working. Lucas, Katie, Don, thank you all so much for being on the show today and looking forward to the next time I get to talk to y'all. Thank you Thanks for, for having us. us. I was just thinking how much I really love my job, how grateful I am that this gets to be my job, um, and that I get to talk to folks about their work and about how it came together. Um, this is, there's nothing I love more. Um, so thank you. Thank you to Katie and Don and Lucas for being our guests on the show this week. Thanks to everyone who backs the show so that I can keep on doing this. Uh, we bring this to you. It's, it's, it's a, a, an honor and a privilege to get to do this. Um, and it sounds like hyperbole, particularly because I make it sound like hyperbole. When we're like, walkabout's our favorite thing to do. And like, I get, you know, the, the carnival barker voice going. But like, legitimately, they're one of the great joys that I get is to go through a walkabout level with a friend for the first time. Um, I got to do that with uh, Jacob Patterson, uh, who's listening right now. Uh, Jacob, of course, of, of Think Tank Gallery, uh, you know, in L.A. back in the day. Uh, he's he's out, you know, wandering the earth like Kane in Kung Fu right now. Not entirely true, but he's, he's somewhere in the Midwest. Uh, and uh, I got to do that last week, uh, pulled Jacob in. Uh, and, uh, he, he was, I mean, he, he's, he's a big fan of Meow Wolf as well. Uh, but he had only recently got a headset and only, only a couple of days before done walkabout and was blown away by walkabout itself and just getting to watch him go through and some of the trippy moments inside the thing. It was, it was wonderful. And there's some other friends I'm looking forward to doing that, uh, with soon. And, and I'm really grateful the way walkout handles it in that, you know, someone might go like, I don't know about this Meow Wolf thing, but if you are a big Meow Wolf fan and you know, you have walkabout owning friends, you can just take them in yourself and they'll become a big fan as well. So it's a lovely, lovely thing. And, uh, and I'm just glad we have it and it brings me joy. And I, uh, I encourage you if you've got a headset, even if the headset might just be like, you know, well, I don't really touch it anymore. Uh, if you've never, if you've never hooked it up with walkabout, then go do that. And indeed in January, uh, it will not be the first weekend because, uh, worlds in play is, uh, going down January, uh, gosh, I think it's third through seventh, um, with both, um, there's, there's workshops and there's a, a summit going on that's happening at, uh, Arizona state university in Mesa, Arizona. I'll actually be there along with, uh, a number of other folks that, you know, from, uh, the, the broader community. Uh, and it's a, a conference about, you know, play and the arts. And so that's happening then, um, uh, Jake Penholster and Scarlett Cam are putting that together. I'm going to be running game night. Uh, and, uh, you can, yeah, I'll put, I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, so that's going on. Uh, you know, we, we talked about it weeks ago on, on the show, right? Like that Scarlett was on to talk about it, but it won't be that week. We'll be too busy playing other games that week, but 
let's say like this, let's say, uh, we'll do attorney starting around, oh, pick a date. Uh, let's just go in the calendar here. Do, 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 do. We will start on Saturday the 13th and we'll go for two weeks. We'll do attorney. Uh, we'll do uh, two, two rounds inside Meow Wolf. Uh, we'll do a little bracket thing. Uh, we'll do that inside the NoPro Discord. So this is for members inside the NoPro Discord. Uh, and uh, we'll also be starting to introduce some uh, member bonus features then. Let me talk about that for a second. So this whole idea of increasingly closing down um, who gets access to the newsletter or who gets access to the Discord doesn't sit entirely comfortably with me. I, I, I keep on just hoping that I win the lotto and then I don't have to worry about begging for money anymore and we just make this big and broad and I just start buying ads, just advertising immersive uh, as if it was like, you know, the Batman movie in 1989, just like everywhere. There's just the logo and like people are like, what is that? And like, yeah, I mean, let me dream. Or, or, or send me the winning lotto numbers if you're from the future. Uh, but the, the thing, <laughs> the thing I, I literally lost my chair and thought, what was I trying to say? Uh, the tourney, the closing thing said, ah, right. So I don't really like going exclusive. It's against my nature. I'm a public media guy. I believe that information wants to be free. Uh, running around causing havoc. And when you throw paywalls up, then you get other people, usually better financed people who come in and throw disinformation around. So what can we do to balance out the need to pay my landlord uh, and the creditors and clear that small business association loan maybe one day before I die? What can we do to balance that stuff out, those needs out, um, which is to charge money for what we do with, uh, the, the fact that I want more people inside the ecosystem because that is a good thing. And if I had my druthers, I would be able to generate gift codes, guest codes for each no pro backer who's been a backer for uh, at least a year, uh, as a, a prize, uh, not a prize, but as, as a, as a present, their present <laughs> prize present. Eh, I'm an only child. It's the same thing. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, oh, I'm on a roll. Uh, you may not find it funny, but I find it hilarious. Like basically you're all my college students. Now I crack jokes at them. They don't understand. And I don't want them to understand. It's the joy of making references to like two generations down. It's so good. You do. If you, if you have kids, I finally understand. I understand now. I understand. All right. Back on track. The point is, um, if I could just click a button and like, be like, okay, you've been a $5 backer for seven years. You get seven codes, uh, hand these out. They will give you they'll they're for your friends to be on the discord and to be in, uh, in the newsletter. That'd be great. Unfortunately, I can't automate that. So I'm going to set up a protocol, uh, that probably involves either an air table or a Google sheet where folks who are Patreon backers will be able to, or maybe it'll be through Patreon, uh, can request, uh, friends getting added. And then I'm going to have to like, keep track of that in a spreadsheet. Don't love that, but, uh, Give me the holiday break to set it up and then we'll go from there. And that will play in well into the tournament because uh, folks are going to want to be able to hand those codes over to people or codes, meaning hand me the person's name and I will manually add them to uh, the discord uh, to the newsletter and then give them a code for the discord. Uh, and this kind of thing will happen. There'll be kind of like a kind of a, an enrollment period every month. Uh, and we'll let everybody know. And when, um, and, and there'll be kind of waves of this. We'll start off by experimenting with the folks who are like, you know, at the, all the folks who give like, you know, 30 or more dollars a month, we'll, we'll start off with them. Uh, and also there's a lot of codes and then we'll kind of roll it down. Uh, and in indeed it'll be based off of 
you know, how long has someone been a backer will be how many uh, guest codes that, that they get. Uh, this will be for current backers. Uh, lapsed backers who come back on, though, like you'll be credited, um, you know, based on, you know, however long you, you have over the years. Because we just want more people in the system. We really do. Uh, and the hope is that those folks enjoy it, get benefit from it, use it, and then decide they want to hand that over to friends as well uh, by becoming a paid backer. Uh, and there will be more stuff. Um, I got to figure out what it is. I may run some polls and ask people what they want. Uh, more things like the walkabout tourney. We'll maybe do some racket club stuff. We'll do some Demio stuff. Uh, we'll do, we'll do other types of game nights. Uh, we'll, we'll do hangouts in the discord. There's options. Uh, this will not impact, um, the local meetups. Uh, we are going to have a meetup in LA on January 22nd at the roguelike at 7 PM. So mark your calendars for that. We'll make some noise about that. Uh, we'll either pass the hat or because it was so popular last time, we might, we might do like $5 tickets for that. Uh, or we might do some sort of like, you know, thing where it's like, you know, it's $7, but like $5 for back. I don't know. Uh, we, we, we might set a reserve this time as opposed to happy passing hat because there were so many people. Uh, it'll, it might be a little easier for us to do it that way. Haven't quite figured it out again. I don't love charging money for all this stuff. Um, but also in LA, if you don't charge money then people just flake on you. So like you charge money, it's just the way it goes. Los Angeles, it's just the way it is. Uh, what else is there? Okay, so tourney on the, starting on the 13th, and I'm going to put that into the system. Uh, so that means we'll be doing signups for the tourney the week of the the 7th, 8th, right? So I'm just going to put here, <laughs> literally putting in my calendar right now while I do this. Everyone gets to feel like Parker right now, where I just like do things in the calendar or write people emails while I'm like talking to them. Uh, meow Wolf tourney starts. I got to tell Vince. Vince loves it when we do a walkabout tourney. Uh, Vince meaning Vince Cadillac of Meow Wolf. Um, he played in some of our tourneys a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, we're going to do that. And I hope to see a bunch of you at Worlds in Play. And we'll talk more about that uh, soon. And there'll be a bunch of interviews happening there. And so you'll hear about how that went. And what else? Uh... Next week's episode is going to be our end of the year best of best moments episode. Uh, the team is turning that stuff in over the weekend and we're recording at the beginning of the week. And then the last weekend of the month, it's going to be the uh, reporter roundtable. Got a bunch of folks lined up uh, to record at least one session. Uh, folks from like all over the country and from a bunch of different publications. Always a fun episode that I'm really curious. Some folks were talking to the first time. This is going to be a blast. And then uh, setting up some other stuff, uh, uh, looking at what the next few episodes are going to be into the new year. But yeah, um, that's it for now. This is this is the quiet version of the dismount. Noah, go do the, do the credits. The associate producer of No Persinium is Parker Sella. Music for No Persinium is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society and Solar, the podcast. Special thanks to Shvano Lachlan for voicing our intro and just generally being awesome. The No Pro Podcast is written, edited, hosted, produced, messed up, chopped and screwed by yours truly. What was that? Why did I put that? Uh, I'm Noah Nelson. And until next time, I'll see you at the show. <laughs>